Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall. Hello, and welcome to CTN. To learn more about the show, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And the topic for today is Enabling Data-Driven Enterprise DNA. So we all are having pretty good access to AI and advanced analytics technologies, and we are trying to move forward with related projects. Now, what could happen if the very data that you're trying to work on that is wrongly produced, wrongly collated, wrongly introduced at the wrong places, what could it do? That could be a huge loss, right? And when we are trying to especially go after this whole digital enabled exploitation of opportunities, it could even cause a bigger loss and a lot of disappointment. So that said, what can the leaders do, whether it's data leaders, digital leaders, CIOs, everyone else can come together and they can fundamentally look at data as a very precious asset and something really we should focus on so much so that it becomes, or at least they work towards making it become uh, a very uh, critical element of the enterprise DNA, almost make the whole organization have the whole organization's DNA become data-driven, like to go to that level. And what the outcome that they could be looking for could be the relevance, the completeness and transparency of the data model which becomes the foundation of an organization. Is that easy? Perhaps not, but that's why we have two stalwarts from the data side discussing with uh, with us today. We have David Wright, Chief Data Officer with Commerce Bank. Hey, David, how are you? Great, Sanjog, how are you doing? Very good, sir, thank you. And we have Dante Tellis, Chief Data and Analytics Officer with Chubb. Hey, Dante, how's life? Hey, how are you? Thanks for, for having me. Great to have you. So, David, why don't we start with you? So, while it's cool for me to say, let's build a data-driven enterprise DNA, what would that be in your view, and what would an organization need as prerequisites to enable such a data-driven enterprise DNA? Sanjog, that's a great question, and there's a lot of components to consider uh, when trying to drive toward a data-driven enterprise One thing that I like to think about first and foremost is making sure you know what the business proposition is first. What is that thing that you want to solve for um, before then ultimately figuring out how that overlays on your data needs and your technology enablement? I've seen a lot of organizations, at least in the early stages of executing data management programs, try to bite off more than they can chew and not know what um, success might look like. So very important to understand where you want to go. Uh, It also requires engagement, and engagement that means from people, process, and technology, that standard pillar that we think about, uh, but being able to collaborate across those three elements and realize or understand that all three of those must work together in order to achieve success. I also think about macro and micro level thinking, meaning top-down vision and bottom-up execution, and how does that look within your organization? But that also requires solid vision and uh, grassroots execution in order to achieve a common goal. Um, it, under me, it requires understanding business value and the identification of strong, scalable use cases, um, as well as understanding that it's as much about culture as it is about technology and process. 
And last thing I would say is let go of perfection and iterate towards your end goal without fear, fear of failure. So that's a pretty exhausting list. So Dante, do you have anything that you'd like to or validate or perhaps challenge what David said? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, complimenting what David just said, it's for me, everything boils down to specifically the culture. And when talking about the culture, I mean, technology is there, right? We have the best technology ever in history. So it's not a matter of technology because it's already available for everyone there. And we will boil it down to specifically processes and technology, uh, sorry, processes and people, right? And those two components are related with the culture. And the culture also, it's uh, something that it has to do with the organizational structure, with your, you know, the alignment of the business strategy and the data strategy. So uh, I will say that it's specifically when uh, the, cap the capability, I mean, when talking about uh, data-driven enterprise DNA, it's having the ability to really, the, the, not only the leaders, but the entire structure, organizational structure, adapt to those new processes that are able, you know, to, in the end, leverage that technology. Now, David, when you did outline that list, would you say most organizations or even a, a small enough percentage of organizations that have been able to check all the boxes there yet? I think the simple answer to that is no, because uh, that list um, contains a complex universe of things. And it's ultimately, and, and as Dante just suggested, right, there's a lot of that goes with the people and the cultural change that overlays on top of the technology um, and the process to drive all of that. And getting all of those, for large organizations, medium-sized organizations included, it's a big ship. And to turn that ship and start thinking in that direction um, is tumultuous at times and unless it has a true north can be a little bit bumpy and in, in it's shifting toward that new direction and some of those attributes are stronger in some organization than others depending on the leadership style of whoever's executing the program or the leadership style of the seniors um, within the organization who are understanding the business value of the data and trying to help uh, drive it forward. So Dante I'm sure you know, based on what David mentioned, number of things that should fall in place. And your management said, okay, Dante, we gave you this million dollar job. Help me fix all of this and get it done yesterday. What do you do telling them, hey, you know what? Too many challenges. It'll take time, of course, understandable. But then it's too complex. And many people have tried for many years. It has not been cracked yet. I'll keep trying. But then the boss says, I'm not paying you for trying, I'm paying you for delivering results. How do you tackle this beast? Yeah, first of all, I would say that we need to manage expectations properly, right? And understand, first of all, before promising anything, you got to, you have to, you, you need to have your assessment, right? To understand, you know, the maturity, the level of maturity that your company have. And also if there is specifically in terms of technical debt, a large technical debt, right? Because if you're giving me $1 million, but the technical debt is $5 million, and you're expecting me to, you know, to pay everything and 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 besides that build, you know, a new data digital infrastructure, then it's probably not going to be possible. So, and, and that, that would say that's the first step, right? Understanding, 
your position in terms of maturity, making a formal assessment, understanding, you know, if, for instance, if you want a predictive model system and that you cannot deploy because you have legacy systems that are not, you know, probably uh, something that, that, you know, that you can integrate because of the lack of, you know, uh, some technologies are not uh, necessarily something that you can work with along. So yeah, I'll say that you, you got to set expectations, understand technical depth, your maturity level, and even if you have capabilities in terms of people, right? Probably uh, you need to uh, start uh, also uh, dealing with new policies, governance policies, data quality issues to tackle before uh, really having you know this data strategy complete. So there's a lot of topics to to consider pri prior to just you know telling your executives that you're gonna succeed with that million dollar investment. So David, when you are looking at such scenarios and based on what Dante said, would you just listen to the boss and set expectations and keep chugging along, or would you do certain things? What I call as doing the right things when no one is looking as a path forward for you to be able to eventually show results. What will show us results? Because whatever we have tried, I'm not saying nothing worked, but very few people can claim success. So what have you seen as a best way to make progress, at least confidently make progress so that we eventually get there versus keep spinning our wheels? I think several things. And, and one word that Dante used that I like is maturity and, and thinking about maturity existing across different any one of the pillars that we're talking about, right, that are required to move forward um, and understanding. And, and Dante also mentioned, you know, knowing your assessment, where are you in any one of those? Um, so at least from a, a baselining or benchmarking perspective, where are you starting? And being able to clearly understand that and completely be okay with the, that it's okay to start in the negative or start with a, with a scenario that is not ideal, um, because that is typical to what most of us are dealing with is, and that is a scenario that's very complicated and complex. Uh, but coming out of that and trying to make sense and drive it forward, um, I would not think of it as business as usual. I would say individuals and organizations or functions like ours are change agents, and it's our jo job to be transformative. And when I think about that, I think about treating data like, like any other customer product that an organization is offering, um, and knowing that data enables customer delivery and that we need to manage it that way. I also think of agility and, and trying to move toward less traditional structures where it takes long time, long amounts of time to deploy certain functionality um, and more into agile. And again, that transition to being agile is also as complicated and complex in large organizations um, as certain other transitions that may be happening, but trying to move together with all of these important parts. But if we look at data as a product and we deliver it in iterative chunks um, that are providing delivery based on some strong use case, I think identifying that strong use case, that viable use case that allows you to scale around it, um, but then also be able to iteratively show success with that use case Sometimes those use cases are regulatory in nature, so leverage that if, if you can. A lot of times they come with financial backing. Sometimes it's science and analytics that might be driving the need for solving an algorithm. Um, but whatever that is, then think about the infrastructure underneath that you're building and continue to grow it so that what you build initially becomes usable for every 
knock-on use case that you have, you know, to, to the degree that you can leverage it. One last thing I would say too is somehow try to avoid those unbalanced foundations because historically we have a lot of systems and a lot of architecture and it's so important to think of data enablement from inside out and not outside in. Uh, and so building that core structure um, on a scalable model again uh, that can be foundational to delivering um, and being able to solve multiple use cases over time. So, uh, Dante, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'd like to pose this question anywhere up front so you get some time to think. So the environment that we have, data by design, this animal is to be tackled holistically, ideally. If you do in silos, that's what people complain about, that there are so many silos of data. But when you try to boil the ocean, that's going to be tough as well. So when you're going to go out there, you're going to see that the landscape keeps changing, especially because of digital, we always want to do something new. That means landscape is changing. Then the compliance and regulatory related aspects also keep changing. When you try to look at all different data points across all different uh, elements of an organization, they may have their own respective issues. So do you go boil the ocean? Do you do surgical strike? How do you even approach so that you will get to that holy grail, if at all. What's the execution method? See if you can share some insights on what you've tried, what worked, what did not work, and where the other leaders who are listening to this uh, program could get value from. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Today, we are part of an ever-changing mix of technological advances and business trends that redefine how we work, ongoing performance, and our world around us. Tune into Humanity Evolve with host Catherine Calarco. It's an open discussion about these trends and advances that come together to create a positive future for you, your family, and your world. Humanity Evolve can be heard live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K. on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. It's time to future-proof your business. Join host Bonnie D. Graham for the Kinetic Enterprise, built to evolve. Presented by Deloitte, SAP solutions help you transform your business. And we'll start by going in-depth with topics and guests built around the four pillars of the Kinetic Enterprise. Clean, intelligent, inclusive, and responsive. Move in to the next level with the Kinetic Enterprise, presented by Deloitte, live every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Dante, we have regulatory changes happening all the time. At business level, we want to attempt new things that we can do with digital. That's going to have an impact on what type of data gets generated or collated or reported on, et cetera, or or even analyzed. And then there are people who want to always do things their own ways, which creates data silos. But then with so many areas which are debilitating, and I don't want to you know, uh, paint a negative picture here, but there is a lot of set of challenges holistically and uh, in individual silos. What do you recommend as a person who's been brought in as an in charge of tackling the data madness? Should surgical strikes be the way to go? Because boiling the ocean, perhaps nobody will buy in the first place as a budget item, nor it seems like you'll be able to crack all those problems all at once. So what has worked for you? Yeah, I mean, we're seeing the trade-off, right? Boiling the ocean, normally those projects take a lot of you know, time and it's they are you know, very expensive projects. And normally they are not successful, so that's not for sure the way to go. But uh, when when trying to solve, you know, these silos of information, we got to understand what's the problem, right? First of all, the problem is we have different, you know, inconsistent information, right? Different source of truth. It's not a, like a unique so- source of truth. We have redundancies. Uh, obviously, every silo generates, you know, the, the entire pipe and flow from ETLs, storage prep and visualization and predictions. So the, the entire flow, it's repeated several times and that's not cost effective, right? In terms of how do we manage our data? So let's say that for me, the right strategy is to, obviously we're talking here about data democratization uh, on an effective manner, right? So what, what I will say is we got to understand that uh, there, there is technology like, let's just mention something like data fa- fabric, uh, you know, that helps you with this building block uh, mentality that it's basically what Davis was saying about agility, right? About selecting the right use cases. And rather than trying to bowl the ocean, we're gonna have these data products, which is an end-to-end 
but it's uh, re reusable and it's all it's you know some of these components are reusable not all of them but what what you are going to do in the end is rather than just creating this independent uh, de uh, development for every single silo uh, let's say line of business or distribution channel or whatever your company it's it's working on uh, it's very important to really create this data products on a use case basis but they have to have these agile components and by agile components, I mean not only scalability, but also repeatability, disposability, availability, updatability, and testability. So we're covering pretty much the entire flow of data quality, data governance, data strategy, data visualization, and so on. But on an agile manner and and use on a use case basis, uh, rather than just trying to boil the ocean. But uh, that that has to be also some sort of managed holistically because. If every single line of business, just to give you an example, tries to do by itself, in the end, they are going to end up having the redundancy, not being, you know, not having this uh, reusability stuff and this, the, the, scale, the, the scalability and the right technology. So it must be orchestrated by the, the let's say, data office uh, department, right? So, David, when you've tried to tackle these challenges, where did you find the most success? Did you take a larger group of, not, not complete holistically, but you took a bigger chunk of a place where the data is to be managed or handled or, or analyzed, et cetera. And that's where you went. Did you find some heroes in the whole organization who are more, uh, you know, supportive of your efforts and just go with them to do that surgical strike? I'm trying to see how would you get everyone come along with you because you yourself as a data organization cannot cut it till business doesn't step up. No, that's an excellent point. And the surgical strike approach is one that I have leveraged. Um, and I'm going to contrast that right with the boil the ocean. And I'm also going to contrast that with thinking horizontally and thinking vertically. So when I think about a use case and in financial services, regulations are always a key driver. The, the nice thing about that is they usually come with money. Um, and so that gives you something to latch on to. So, you know, I have a use case that was very prominent around solving data enablement for financial crimes. How do I make sure that data gets all the way through the organization in the way that it needs so that we're meeting our appropriate regulatory requirements for, for monitoring for financial crimes? Being able to leverage that though, and then thinking more horizontally, about how that strategy fits in for the the larger data enablement practice and how do you grow and build on that whether it's you know where you're ultimately making that data available putting it in a data warehouse or whether you're creating um, a data lake something like that for data enablement and how that's how that's um, made available from that perspective but i want to also back to contrasting it from a horizontal perspective you can't just operate in surgical strikes or in silos because you still need that ultimate vision that there's agreement and buy on that your program, that what you wanna do from a data perspective is going to add more value across the organization rather than in a single strike in a single stripe. Um, and so going into the program, knowing that's your strong use case and that's your motivating factor, you have to also start cross-selling with how your program is going to evolve and cross boundaries of those different um, pillars 
to, again, provide that value over time, but use those single use cases to prove delivery, prove value, prove the, the, um, the benefits of having single data that you understand and that is solving multiple use cases in a way that's harmonized and common. So Dante, good old days when we used to have a set processes, set business function capabilities you were supposed to enable. That was when data, even though it could have been enlarged in volume, you still had some vision on what you need to get done. Now, businesses say in this digital world, we want fail small, fail fast, which means they have to build capabilities, test them properly without saying that we did not test it thoroughly. And if we fail, we dismantle, which means you could have your data team, maybe a part of it would be running around a chicken with head cut off, chasing one versus another. And then besides that, you have to have that other, uh, you know, the, the enterprise level, fundamental, foundational systems where you also need to help with the data. What is your approach to tackling those uh, initiatives or rather requests coming your way? Do you create like a bimodal Gartner type approach to your data organization where you say these guys will be the SWAT teams and these guys are the ones who are going to work on those slow but big projects? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, uh, first of all, when you try to, you know, let's say apply an agile methodology with legacy systems that they don't work agile, you start with the problem, right? Uh, Because uh, you want, you know, a quick implementation and, and then you know, the, the traditional, let's say, IT processes is not working like that. So how do you organize a team where you have, you know, to deliver results quickly, as you mentioned, a fail-fast mentality. And we all know, right, the big, big companies make a lot of exp- experiments, up to 10,000 experiments per year. But they do have the infrastructure to work that, you know, that fast and, let's say, with that uh, return of investment mentality. But when, when everything in terms of the environment is not ready in terms of that, and you want to, and you know, you know following the, your previous questions about boil, boiling the ocean, the results of that could be ending up with, you know, a data swamp, having, you know, all this, uh, trying to just to, to, to make this democratization to, the, to your team, you can end up having these bad practices like one tool that you want that this one size fits all mentality with one tool for all your company. And, and since I'm working for a specific region, I, I can tell you that every country and every use case is different. So you cannot have, you know, like one infrastructure for everything just and try and expecting to have, you know, this quick results and fail, fa- fail fast results. So for me, it's more like you need to understand the, the holistically the scope that your team has and the limitations in terms, in terms of, as David said, the processes and technology, and then you can make your SWAT teams, you know, to, to make maybe, you know, try on a, a small scale, scale since let's just imagine a, a use case that we have for a model, but in the end you cannot deploy the model because, you know, the, the legacy systems are not able to take that, you know, that uh, real-time uh, streaming model. So that then 
the, the work of the data scientists is going to be dumped and, and no one's going to use it and, 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 and watch it and, and so on. So you want usability, right? So that you have to have that in mind before thinking of SWAT teams or fail fast teams, experiments and understanding the entire environment. So David, what have you done from uh, helping develop the internal culture within the data team and the skills, et cetera, because there are so many new things that are coming our way. Not sure if everyone is fully cooked. What do you do about this? Yes, uh, the fully cooked analogy, I like that. So yes, uh, trying to get everybody where they need to be and making sure you understand how all of the corresponding roles that are required to achieve two things, right? One is cultural transition and the other is just enablement of data for digitization and other needs within your organization. With that comes making sure everybody understands since data is a team sport where they fall um, in that framework. You have the visionaries and the sponsors who are driving or at least helping fund the program driven by visionaries and others who are the tool enablers and the understanding of the boundaries and the guidelines that a data management program needs to have. And having that level of expertise, at least setting the strategy and the boundary to drive forward, incredibly important. Um, And then also cutting across the horizontal, um, the horizontal, right? Uh, Bringing together those different verticals that may exist. Then you get into the more specifics with your product owners and your process owners and your data engineers and architects and data scientists, and and then even further downstream is your data consumers. But let's not go to data scientists and consumers yet. Let's focus on the middle, because the middle is where you have data enablement. Sometimes that can be driven through a data ops organization that enables data on a broader scale. And then, Sanjog, back to your earlier point when you were asking Dante the question um, about boiling the ocean, but then also having these niches, other places that want you to do work and how do you how do you navigate the push and pull between driving forward on a data operations endeavor to support science and analytics while also in some cases reactively or retroactively looking back across architecture that also has needs from a data perspective um, and bridging them into the mix it does boil down to being able to establish priority and understanding you know, if you're doing this, what are you giving up elsewhere? I, I have that push and pull all over the place right now. If I'm going to build out something that supports my front office and uh, customer enablement teams, then I'm going to lose traction on things that are supporting other um, attributes of the organization that I support. Uh, but but knowing that that has to exist. I think the other thing I want to notate here is is what I started at the beginning about being a team sport, everybody playing a role. The push out of a solid data strategy and data enablement and DNA um, is at the organization level. The whole organization is accountable for driving that strategy forward. Not everybody's going to understand it, but you have to find those sparks that can help ignite it across the organization using these different roles that exist um, to be able to push forward. And to me, a fundamental part of all of this is product owners. Product owners come at different levels. They either are the product owner of the product your organization's offering or they're a product owner in our organization of things at the application or technology level. And product owners understanding agile, the ability to be nimble and 
uh, to shift quickly, but also understand systemically where they fit in the larger picture so they don't look at themselves in isolation, but look at themselves as part of a system um, and an integrated system that needs to bridge together and work to get together to, to achieve success. Let's take a quick break, listeners. In fact, David, your response uh, is a great segue for the next question when we talk about the enterprise getting involved, not just saying, okay, I gave you a project data team, bring that back to us. But if it's supposed to become an enterprise DNA level maturity of an organization, people have to take ownership. So Dante, the question will be, what would be the roadmap or the playbook to get the whole organization? And yes, uh, David, I agree with you. There should be some sparks, but just some sparks is not going to ignite the complete fire in the whole village, right? So for that matter, we need to have a lot of sparks or perhaps a lot of people voluntarily contributing to becoming data savvy. If they are not, what's the path to it? Because only then we can expect a DNA level adoption and a DNA level change in the enterprise. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. And Dante, this question is for you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Today, we are part of an ever-changing mix of technological advances and business trends that redefine how we work, ongoing performance, and our world around us. Tune into Humanity Evolve with host Catherine Calarco. It's an open discussion about these trends and advances that come together to create a positive future for you, your family, and your world. Humanity Evolve can be heard live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. It's time to future-proof your business. Join host Bonnie D. Graham for the Kinetic Enterprise, built to evolve. Presented by Deloitte, SAP solutions help you transform your business. And we'll start by going in-depth with topics and guests built around the four pillars of the Kinetic Enterprise. Clean, intelligent, inclusive, and responsive. Move in to the next level with the Kinetic Enterprise, presented by Deloitte, live every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Dante, helping each individual within the organization take ownership, first of all, become data savvy, and then take ownership of what data they produce or what they are responsible for or what they share with others, right? All the things somebody does with data. This has been an age-old problem. Are there any new solutions you've come up with and or you've seen working? Yeah, I mean, I will say that there is no new solutions. I will say that the solution, it's been, it's been there for a while. I mean, if you, if you take as reference, you know, tech companies, they apply the solution and it's an integrated solution. It's not a one component solution. So uh, we're talking about here that the, the roadmap of the roadmap of, or the steps to go into that, uh, you know, fully uh, data driven organization, not only, you know, a few people or a few departments, but the entire organization actually following, you know, this decision making data driven processes, right? So obviously we're talking about a lot in terms of data literacy and the culture that has to do with this traditional curiosity, creativity, critical thinking, continuous education. So those are the general four you know, steps to, to make the whole organization data driven. But obviously it's not as simple as you have your, I'm not gonna mention a brand, but just your, you know, your online courses uh, for the entire company, so everyone can, you know, everyone it's able to train itself in any, you know, data data topics. It's not about you know having internal trainings to validate that you know, knowledge, and it's not only about you know asking the people. Okay, tell me the, the you know you got to respond with data, right? So it's something that has to be obviously permeated from the top. Since if you know if the executive don't uh, ask for numbers, solid numbers and solid questions that has to do with data, then the data-driven mentality it's not gonna it's not gonna you know go down to the rest of the organization. So and there is a quote that uh, that I like a lot from the Netflix you know founder that says that if you're gonna you know tackle a meeting with opinions, so. It doesn't make sense to have a meetings like that, right? So we got to end up with the meetings when all that we discuss is, you know, my data sets and or based on numbers and based on the, this trend or this statistics, uh, the the you know the right decision to go is this one, right? So it, it sounds obviously something basic, but it happens, right? In many organizations. A lot of people, it's, you know, uh, having discussions based on emotions, based on feelings or experiences. So experiences are not valid if they are not backed up with data. So basically, I will say that we, we in order to move or the roadmap to move are those, you know, the, the first step that I mentioned. But, you know, starting from the executives 
and uh, you know going down to the rest of the organization. Now, David, when you've tried to do anything with your people within your team, or perhaps working with others across the organization, what has shown you um, a positive outcome when it comes to them getting data savvy, your own team trying to look ahead of the curve so that that training and development aspect of it is always ahead of what's coming next. I know it's realistically not possible, but at least you can strive towards it. Anything specifically you've done to develop people, because frankly, even that data is being handled by people, it's been generated and processed by people. So these people, whether in your team or the people who are supposed to be outside, we can kiss this enterprise DNA dream goodbye. Absolutely. And it is a, a difficult thing to ch- to to tackle. And as you mentioned, just before we went to break about igniting the fires across the organization and not everybody, there's not always those fires to ignite. And how do you, how do you enable that? Um, and I, it's a combination of having, in my opinion, a centralized and a decentralized. It's a hybrid model of federated centralized teams to help push us forward. And your centralized team doesn't have to be large, but your centralized team has to f- fundamentally understand the purpose and value of data and how it can affect the organization. Then back to the where I was talking about the different role types and where you identify these roles that permeate across the institution, um, how do you leverage those and how do you have people in those roles transform and change their thinking to be more data-driven? And we're going through a very uh, similar experience where we're asking people to think beyond the boundaries of what they've historically done within the confounds of their desk and and take on the role slightly differently. And I don't like to think of it as adding functionality. I like to think of it as changing their culture way of life and how they do things. Um, and then that way it's not extra work. It's actually just a part and a way of life. But as we're describing here in multiple occasions, right, that doesn't come easy. Not everybody buys into that or understands it. Um, out of the gate. And it does require a lot of handholding and working with people and listening to people. Um, you know, data organizations are interesting in, in particularly those who are trying to drive programs across the organization. There's a lot of time spent brokering silos and brokering people and talking um, across about how it's adding value and how they their, their role is shifting and how they can contribute to that role. And you never get to put the pen down, right? Because the minute you think you can settle in, um, then things start to retract because we're very much at those early stages of trying to drive uh, change. And when you're in the beginning stages of change, the handholding required is a lot heavier um, to push through that. Uh, but that's where I keep going back. It's a team sport. You need uh, members of your organization at all levels helping drive this change at the level that they can based on the roles that they have uh, in order to push forward. So Dante, a question regarding, say I had to do a performance appraisal of a data leader and or a data team member. How should you fundamentally shift the very measure, right? Because people don't do what you expect of them. People do what you inspect, which means even as a performance appraisal, even as the benchmarks and thresholds and and other guidelines that you create for them and incentives that you create for them, that's what they will do. So what do you think should be a shift in the way we measure, in the way we motivate the people, not penalize, I don't want to go there, 
but measure and motivate these people so that we start getting closer to this data-driven enterprise DNA, the data leader, the data team, and rest of the organization being measured whether we are doing all the right things and are they being motivated and measured in that regard? Yeah, how do we measure people? Um, that's that's a good question since, for instance, uh, when we talk about experimentation, we know that uh, large companies, large tech companies, 80% of their experiments fail, right? So they don't measure people, you know, based on successful experiments, because that will be just crazy, right? 20% uh, successful rate will be something that it's, if you talk with an executive and, and, and go like that, I'm going to have a 20% success rate, they're going to fire you immediately. So first, we got to make some sort of uh, create sensitivity in terms of how these people work. They don't work like traditional KPIs and they have to be, uh, you know, measured based on, uh, you know, a different sort of metrics, right? First of all, a data team, for instance, it's like everything it's about enabling data, right? So if you enable data, uh, data products, let's say, that they were able to en enable for certain, uh, you know, areas or certain departments within the company, let's say that they were able to enable data. So let's say that a person we could we could you know just tackle general metrics like percentage of enablement uh, per per quarter per per year we also have you know this data quality measure that, that it's like the how accurate and how complete and how you know timely is the data so in terms of uh, you know if you have a data quality team they're, they're going to be based on you know how much lineage analysis you covered and you know the the data is it is it complete or not? So uh, they have to have uh, measures that are you know linked with your company's goals as well. Since every, obviously not every company is going to measure let's say eighty uh, percent completeness, ninety percent completeness, because it really depends on how many sources you have, the the relevance of those sources, and also let's say the data science team. You, we know that depending on the complexity of the model, they can deploy one model, you know, the entire year, or they can do, you know, three models per quarter that are relatively simple. Let's say, let's say linear models. So it really depends. So and that's why we have to, to you know, specifically for executive, we have to make them clear that the, the traditional KPIs doesn't necessarily apply for data science or data teams since it's hard to measure. And, and obviously they want to measure uh, the return of investment, right? The number of projects and how many, you know, how much money I get out of that. So yeah, it's, it's something like a hybrid model of measurement because obviously people can get discouraged in terms of, you know, if, if there is no clarity, if there is no, uh, you know, clear KPIs, but in the end they want to contribute in the company, but they don't work the same way like a sales team will work. So yeah, it's it's a hard question. I will I will say that you you got to to check the entire environment and and everything every component and and try to adapt something you know in in you know in regards of what I just said. Okay, before we take the break, at least I'd like David for you to chime in and share from data context specifically. If you wanted people to really groom themselves or evolve. So you are closer, at least in terms of capability, for you to get to that dream of enterprise DNA level data or data-driven enterprise DNA. 
what shifts would you expect to that and what changes in the way you measure their capability and evolution so that at least we are developing people as we go along so that we become better positioned to eventually meet that you know goal that we have of enterprise data driven enterprise dna i was just having this conversation with a group of individuals who are early in their careers and trying to figure out how to immerse themselves into data science and data organizations and they were asking for career advice on what type of things do you look for out of an individual which then translates into how would you measure performance and where where they ultimately go and things that I think are extremely helpful in driving forward and that I look for in individuals is driving change, right? So also being innovative, thinking systemically, being somewhat entrepreneurial where they can and thinking beyond the boundaries of their desk, Um, thinking about how that piece fits into the whole and look at it from a systemic perspective um, from beginning to end best possible. So I'm going to look for performance indicators that show innovation, that show creative thinking, that show uh, minimal viable product iterative movement forward um, and proving either they learn something because they're failing fast or the value in the delivery of that new product, data product that they're able to deliver, even if it's just one step forward. I want them to think in sense of disruption. How do we disrupt our own workplace in ways of revolutionary ourselves and moving forward um, and always looking for um, that next thing that makes that the, our objective one step better. And that can be a process improvement, that can be data analytics, data science, that can be a steward within the organization who owns a content area and they just need to specialize and understand how that content area fits in the picture. Could be a product owner who, who has to understand systemically where their product fits in. All of these things, thinking forward about how you measure against innovation and understanding systemically where you fit, but then able being able to execute tactically around that. Okay, so uh, we'll take a quick break, listeners. Uh, we'll be back, but uh, when we come back, uh, David, let's let's. Uh, I like to position this question for you. The internal and external collaborations that are part of life now, especially in digital, we are working together, maybe with multiple partners to produce value. That means data is going to be not exchanged within the four walls of a company, but it will be with multiple partners. And when we are trying to come up with an outcome, and if you want this to be a data-driven enterprise DNA, perhaps we have extended the scope of the enterprise. How do we do that across value chain versus saying enterprise means just us? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Today, we are part of an ever-changing mix of technological advances and business trends that redefine how we work, ongoing performance, and our world around us. Tune into Humanity Evolve with host Catherine Calarco. It's an open discussion about these trends and advances that come together to create a positive future for you, your family, and your world. Humanity Evolve can be heard live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K. on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. It's time to future-proof your business. Join host Bonnie D. Graham for the Kinetic Enterprise, built to evolve. Presented by Deloitte, SAP solutions help you transform your business. And we'll start by going in-depth with topics and guests built around the four pillars of the Kinetic Enterprise. Clean, intelligent, inclusive, and responsive. Move in to the next level with the Kinetic Enterprise, presented by Deloitte, live every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, David, ecosystem, no longer confines of the four walls defined digital and our enterprise, to be very frank, because if you deliver to your customers, many times you're working with the partners. And your enterprise DNA, which could automatically span or transcend across the boundaries and go to your partners who you're working with. You control your teams. You control or your, your leadership controls what happens within your specific business. Your partners need to step up and also very closely work with you to allow that DNA to persist, persist across the value chain, whosoever is coming together to serve the business or customers. How do you make that happen? Is this even happening or is it uh, a lost cause? The evolution of our partners and our data community continues to evolve as quickly as the jobs that we do themselves. And so constantly reevaluating who our stakeholders are, what role do they play in helping enable what we need to do from a with the data as the DNA for our organization. And as you mentioned, Sanjog, it covers internal partners and it covers external partners as well um, in thinking about how to bridge all of that gap together. And 
I think a data is architecture, right? And it's use, I look at it sort of like a Jenga tower, right? You pull out that wrong piece and the tower comes crashing down. And so everybody playing a role in making sure that that Jenga tower stays as strong as possible. I'm having uh, example conversations right now about how you bridge in third-party software and what um, that's proprietary owned and how do you fit that into your data strategy, particularly when you want to understand controls and the quality of data going through it. And maybe you're doing that to solve a regulatory requirement um, or some other need, but when software applications might be owned by third parties and you don't have the same level of transparency in it, all of a sudden that provider becomes a important partner in the conversations around data. There are also all your technology enablement partners who provide different levels of service in order to make um, the ability to provide data and analytics and science uh, make sense. And so bridging all of those together is an ongoing journey. Um, and always, like I mentioned before, finding those key stakeholders that you are uh, needing to embark or have a conversation with about the role that they play in either understanding your data, um, assuring you've got the right information around the metadata, um, or you know getting into the lineage and how that, that particular um, partner plays into the lineage of the data moving through your organization. And collaboration is key in all of this, and collaboration is key going forward to bridge all the parts to make a whole. And I've mentioned a couple times about systemic thinking, and I'm, a, I'm an advocate for systemic thinking and about looking on an ongoing basis for interconnectedness, um, merging the silos and, and identifying those relationships, um, because those are all critical. You can't move one dial without affecting another dial, uh, particularly when you're playing with the Jenga tower and the data within it. Um, so incredibly important to always redefine how partners are involved in your process. And that may be redefining contracts. It could be, you know, we're in a situation right now where we potentially might need a vendor to provide some additional clarity on their tool, which may end up costing us money. Um, all points of things to be evaluated, but um, doesn't mean that you can't stop thinking about them um, or that you should put the pen down because they're all uh, critical providers of data to what you're trying to build. Great segue. So Dante, technology solutions, I'm sure data as the needs have increased, so have at least technology solution providers, or there are a ton of them who are, who are claiming that we can solve all your problems, right? Like panaceas. What do you think is the current state with them? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of solutions. Some of them are pretty, uh, you know, specific, solving specific uh, problems. So I will say in terms of technology, uh, we got to understand that, uh, first of all, as I was saying, never you're never going to have, you know, this one-size-fits-all uh, since every need is different. Let's say we have a tool that it's focused on a very technical skills and the other one, and it's, a, you know, this user-friendly that it's more for the business. So it really depends, you know, who's in charge of what. I mean, if, if there is, you know, this data team doing some, you know, munging and preparation and some ETLs, or if IT is doing it. And so you've got to understand everything. And for me, it's something that you have to have a very, you know, knowledgeable architect that understand the company, the tools and the responsibilities to connect everything properly. 
Otherwise, you're going to get, you know, a very expensive tool that it's not solving your, your solution and even, you know, uh, you know uh, some sort of hindering your, your process, right? So I, I will give you just one example with this automated machine learning tools that are pretty cool tools that help you to speed up and accelerate your, you know, your model, your, your model process. Uh, but uh, if, let's say, if you have a very large uh, data, science data science team with ad hoc models, probably that's not going to be a solution for you. But if you have standard models and you have a short data science team, and that's probably a solution for you, right? So it's understanding your needs uh, in order to acquire the right technology. And also, if you want to, you know, uh, really stop these silos and, and start, you know, this democratization on, let's say, dashboards, then you have to think about a user-friendly tool that everyone, uh, you know, can use rather than, let's say, if you're moving from Excel, then you really need a, a very easy tool, let's say a drag-and-drop tool, no coding, but flexible one. So it really depends on your vision, your strategy, your capabilities, your current state, your architecture, and a lot of components. But yeah, you've got to consider everything when uh, you when assessing specific technologies. All right, one last question. So starting with you, David, 30 seconds. What would be the top leadership chops you feel data leaders will have to build so that they can help deliver on this data-driven enterprise DNA? Leaders need to have a vision and they need to understand what that role it plays in digitization and be able to execute against that vision. They need to be able to listen to learn uh, and not just assume that the vision that they have um, doesn't have room for adjustment or, you know, being agile based on feedback um, and other points of entry. They need to be a change agent. They need to be willing to shake the tree um, and drive the, the organization forward Different levels of senior management have to drive change in different ways, but always looking for that disruptive way of thinking um, to propel or push the organization forward. Um, they have to demand cross-functional awareness through collaboration. They have to hold the organization accountable for shared transformation. They have to broker engagement, and they have to be strong mentors. Okay, total of 30 seconds, Dante. Crack it. I mean, David um, just mentioned a comprehensive list of everything. So just want to add, okay, they have to, uh, you know, David mentioned vision. For me, uh, besides vision, they have to have the right data strategy. And for that, they have to have the experience, you know, uh, implementing different sorts of, you know, companies, industries, architectures, technologies. And therefore, they have to be one of the people that are more, you know, uh, knowledgeable. So they have to train the, themselves a lot, even even uh, more than their teams. And they have to be obviously, as, as David mentioned, accountable, responsible, transparent. They have to have a very communication skills in order to, you know, to really connect the dots. Once again, thank you so much, uh, David and Dante, for sharing your insights and thoughts about how organizations can enable a data-driven enterprise DNA. Thank you. Thank you. And listeners, please uh, connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Pinterest, and subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as many other major channels we are on. And once again, thank you for listening to CTN. This is your host, Sanjog All. Till next week, take care and God bless. 
Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.